0: Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. As a Christian homeschooler, teaching my kids the Bible, character, and apologetics is of utmost importance to me but one area of teaching the faith was challenging for me. How could I teach my kids to fulfill the great commission and share their faith with others? I haven't come across a great curriculum for this, but I do know a great evangelist who has taught young people for more than 40 years. She is my sister-in-law, Nancy Wilson. Although I have known Nancy for decades, My interview with her has inspired me to share my faith as well. I think you will love her, and I invite you to have your older kids listen in. Nancy, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I'm super excited to have you. I wanted to have you on the show for years, and now it is finally happening. Before we launch into our very important topic for today, I would love to have you introduce yourself to my audience, and just tell us more
1: about you. Well, first of all, friends, I am the sister-in-love of Mel. <laughs> she's my sister-in-love. She's married to my brother, and it's just been a privilege, and I just love her six kids, and she's amazing, and I am honored. I have been with Crew, which is... a uh, it used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ International, and I've been with them for many years, and I used to be the international and, high, and national director of the high school division of Crew. so I joined staff after I met Jesus as a freshman in the university um, through the ministry of Crew, and I just became very passionate about sharing the good news because I realized that my first thought was, if only I had known this in high school. That I really didn't know, and I made—I had a, my testimony. I won't go into it all, but I'll mention that later in the training. But I—I I developed a serious eating disorder. I was popular on the outside, but inside didn't know who I was. And so, bottom line is, Jesus began to just fill up that void in my heart, and I really wanted the world to know. But I began with high school students, and I still work with young people now all over the world, doing a lot of training and speaking at conferences. And I just love this next generation. And I think that our topic's going to be so pertinent to right now. Mm-hmm. So that and now I do training. I train in evangelism especially. I have a new kind of concept I've been developing called Story Wave Evangelism Training because everybody loves a story. Right, Mel? Mm-hmm. Definitely. (laughs) Well,
0: I wanted you to come on the podcast to talk about this issue because as homeschooling moms, Christian homeschooling moms in particular, we do want to share the faith with our kids. We teach them the Bible. We often teach them apologetics. Mm -hmm. We teach them character. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I haven't, I have not seen materials that are created for this purpose is teaching our kids how to share their faith. And in fact, I find that so many moms don't know how to share their faith either. They haven't been instructed how to do that. It's so uncomfortable. Um, And that's a shame because it's the number one thing That God has called us to do, right? That's the great commission. That's our number one job. And I just feel as homeschooling moms, if we don't teach our kids how to share their faith, then we haven't finished our education
1: um, with
0: our kids. So that is what I want to have you um, share with us today. Um, of course, first for the mom who doesn't know how to share their faith. And I'm just going to interject here and say that Nancy is the most incredible evangelist that I have ever witnessed. And everyone who knows her would say the same. (laughs) She can share the faith in under a minute with a perfect stranger and make it seem like the most natural thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And it's something that her family and I have witnessed over and over and over again. So um, we have certainly learned from her example, but let's start off Nancy with what do you say to the mom who's listening, who says, I just, I don't know how to share my faith with someone.
1: Yes. Well, I tell you, first of all, you're one of many because many don't know how to, I believe the first key is a lot of people get hung up because they just don't know how to start a conversation, you know, and I say really the first ingredient of of sharing your faith is just being friendly, just really asking God to give you a heart for people. And then when you're, you know, in places, don't try to be in such a hurry. I've even learned that with COVID, um, I allow extra time at Walmart because there's so many people and, and because people have a lot of needs, I'll just simply ask them, you know, well, how are you doing today? How are you doing with all this COVID stuff? You know, so sometimes it's just simply showing love. If you're a person that isn't particularly outgoing, just being friendly and nice opens up people's hearts. So that's a starter. And I think just knowing that, that deep down, there is a need that every human being has and, and possibly God has put you there for a reason.
0: Mm. That is so good, Nancy, because I think, sometimes we can feel like we're trying to sell people something that they don't want. And it's, it's not that at all. It's, we are talking about a relationship within the context of a relationship. And it's a relationship that every single person needs. They might not all want it, but every single person needs it. And, I have seen people who I never would have believed would have been open to communicating and relating to you. And they do, (laughs) they absolutely (laughs) do. Um, you, you have such courage with that. Um, what are, what are some things that you told yourself maybe when you were getting started as an evangelist to help you feel more confident or more
1: comfortable? Well, to tell you the truth, Mel, what really got me, I mean, I remember the first morning I was a new believer. I had come to know the Lord at this big, this um, kind of party about relationships. And I was really just, you know, seeking um, just God, but I didn't know it. And um, I, I met Jesus that night before. And all I could think of the next day was, So many people just don't understand this personal love relationship that it's not because I had gone to church my whole life trying to please God. And quite frankly, mothers, some of your children, if they're a second generation faith, they sometimes don't understand because they've not walked in the path of someone who never was brought up with it. So in some ways, they have to rediscover who Jesus is for themselves. And when they really know him, I always say, if you really know him for who he is, it's hard not to want to brag about him because he's so awesome. And so he changed my life. So I mean, I remember on campus, I'm like, I don't know if you've ever heard about how you can really know Jesus in a personal way, you know, and I'm just, I was just being out of my own experience. So I first want to encourage the moms, you know, just to think of it like you're giving the best news you can ever give. And first of all, some of your children may also need to really understand this personal relationship. Don't just assume that because they're sitting in church, they really get it. Because I found that a lot of kids are, they're open with me because I work with teenagers all the time and they'll tell me, well, I was brought up this way, but I don't really know what I believe. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think the key is understanding your own story, first of all, and out of that, your motivation. Hmm. Hmm.
0: That's very good. And I think sometimes we as homeschooling moms need a reminder to share our story with our kids. You know, they're going to forget about it, so we can tell them yeah. on a number on a number of different occasions in different ways. And one of the things that I try to remind myself too is that my kids need to know about my ongoing relationship. And the places that I struggle and what the Lord is teaching me now. Um, And I have seen my kids really respond to that very well. More than, you know, let's have a a Bible lecture uh, today.
1: Exactly. Well, I tell you, you know, before I I met Jesus and was a dolphin trainer, I became a dolphin trainer. (laughs) It was right after I was a brand new Christian. But one fun thing about that is, I remember swimming with the dolphins underwater. They had this completely different communication. It was called sonar communication. And you can't just relate with them unless you're on their terms. So sometimes relating to people is caring enough to think, you know, who are they and where are they coming from? And it begins to come more natural when you want to love people in the context of who they are. Mm -hmm. So with teenagers, sometimes I like to joke around with them and kind of have a good time and and then, you know, maybe come in with something. Because I think also that I remember the day that a friend sent me a love letter that I had watched the dolphin show. And it was a letter all about how beautiful my feet were. I don't even know who he was, Mel. It was great, Five pages worth of describing my feet. But the Lord just made me, I laughed. Because right away, I thought about the verse, how beautiful are the feet who tell the good news. So I don't think it's about our perfection. It's about our heart. And when, because, you know, I sometimes just come out of the box saying something kind of stupid. And but I laugh about it, I go, oh, gosh, you know. But I tell you what, it's just being, I mean, teenagers are not that polished themselves. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing with your child you want them to do is, first of all, get in touch with their own relationship with Jesus. And that involves knowing that they have a story. Mm -hmm. Now, they may be at different places on that story. Maybe they heard it when they were growing up and they have to reassess where they're coming from. But I think your story informs you with how you want to relate to other people and be real. But let me just jump in for a minute because I use a little, I think that we're in a very postmodern generation and everybody just loves story. You know, they can relate to that. They don't really want, we used to call a little book that we had, we called it the four spiritual laws. But we now, we put a little simple book together called connecting with God. And it's just a simple gospel. We use that with teenagers to train them so that they basically know the four main points of what the gospel is. But basically it's number one, God loves you and he's got a, he offers a wonderful plan for your life. But the second one is, but there's a problem. You know, we're all separated because we've all sinned against God and we've all blown it. Hello, you know, but the good news is that's why Jesus came because he loves us and he came to pay that price for us and to bridge that separation from God. And then fourth, we have to receive it. It's like if I give you, you know, I teach your kids how to use a (laughs) lifesaver. Would you Uh like a lifesaver? And I mean, I'll just say, hey, you know, if I gave you a hundred dollars, would you take it? And they'd say, yeah, I'd be crazy not to. I said, well, good luck, because I don't have it, you know. <laughs> but I said, but God has a lot of money, you know. God, but God owns all the riches, and he owns the key to your, um, your joy and your eternal life. So why wouldn't you want to tell him about that? Well, I found that being personal and using story can really help teenagers to break in. And, and just for starters, I'm going to give you one little, a big example Okay, this is a big example because I was asked to speak to this group of inner city middle school kids, a hundred of them. And they're coming out of school and they're like, talk about rowdy and crazy. So I'm just praying about this whole thing. What am I gonna, how am I gonna relate with this? We've only got a short time and we're giving them, they're from the inner city, we're giving them Chick-fil-A food. They're gonna be ready for the food, you know? So I gotta be short to the point. Well, I thought about the story of Zacchaeus because what I thought is, You know, Zacchaeus is this kind of guy that was kind of rejected. He was a tax gatherer, rich, wealthy, but Jesus was coming to the town. He wanted to see him. And so what does he do? Uh, He climbs up the Sycamore tree and waits. And um, he's up there, and Jesus comes right by, stops at that tree, and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I must have dinner at your house tonight. And Zacchaeus is like, yes, he comes right down, but all the people are saying, oh, I can't believe it. He's going to have dinner with the tax gatherers and the sinners. But Zacchaeus didn't care. Jesus didn't care. He went to the dinner. And that night, Zacchaeus stood up in front of all the group and said, today, I'm going to give half of my money to the poor. And if I've stolen anything from anybody, I'm going to repay them four times as much. And Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this house. Well, I'm telling these kids this story kind of, making it come alive for him. I said, listen, you are that Zacchaeus. I said, you know, Jesus sees you. Maybe you feel a little like this guy was short. He, maybe he felt insecure about that. He was not like because he was wealthy and he was, you know, we was doing bad things and he had a reputation. But Jesus knew his name. I said, Jesus knows each one of you. He knows your home situation. He knows your struggles. He knows your insecurities. And he loves you. And I'm telling you, he's calling you today. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is saying, look, Bill, Tom, Sue, I know you, and I want to have dinner with you. Because see, Jesus' invitation isn't about everything that we do. It's about what he wants to give to us. He wants to give us the greatest gift, forgiveness of any of our shortcomings, our sins. He wants to reconnect us with the loving, unconditional love of the Father in heaven. And some of you don't even have a father. And you need to know that God is your father and cares about you. And I just want to tell you that I met Jesus and I had a father, but I always was looking for his approval. And then I really understood through this beautiful story of Jesus that it wasn't religion it was a personal love relationship and i didn't understand everything but i just said jesus i need you come into my life and make me your your daughter and he did and i said i want to give you that opportunity today it's nothing dramatic that you have to do but you have to receive an amazing gift and i gave that invitation i gave a little prayer and they could just pray quietly with me. I had to make this all short and sweet because you can't get their attention for very long. I did a little joking around with them about different things, you know, mm-hmm. and he's with them. But I'm just giving you the main point, how I told the story and then kind of interwove. Well, do you know that 60 of those 100 kids gave their hearts to Jesus that day? Mm-hmm. And, they, and they were marked in a card, you know, and they are coming back for inner city Bible study. Well, I start with that. Because I want to, since our time is brief, I've narrowed it down to a few interesting things about using story, because this could be a lot of your kids, um, either they know some of them have been to church or they know sharp Bible stories, or maybe um, it's something that they, they want to learn. And it's a good, it's a good thought because, because the gospel is made up of all kinds of interactions that Jesus had with people. So it's not just this factual thing, but at the same time, the reason we teach the kids the, the basic outline of the gospel is we want them to know where to go mm-hmm. in the in direction. Otherwise, you know, people can get all off on track and they can ask all <laughs> kind of bizarre questions and, and you say, well, you know what, let's talk about that later. Right now, I want to tell you just a basic love story of God for you. You know what I mean? You just get mm-hmm. back to that. So, but I say when I use story, first of all, I use acrostic, S-T-O-R-Y, story, because a story can start a conversation. Like I remember this little guy was fishing. Um, I was in Colorado, and he was just fishing this little pond I was go walking by. And I said, hey, you catch anything? He said, no, I haven't caught anything. I said, what's your name? He said, Dillinger. I said, Dillinger, I know a story about the best fisherman I know, you would really like this story. Would you like to hear it while you're waiting for your fish to bite? He said, sure. So I told him the story of Peter, you know, and how Jesus told him to put down his net again. You know, I won't tell you the whole story because I don't have time, but you know that story. And he said, oh, I've been fishing all night, but if you tell me to, Lord, I'll do it. So he puts his net down and he catches so many fish that the boat is sinking and he has to call his friends over. And I said, because you know, Peter was so touched by this. He was like he saw this miracle. He said, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. But Jesus saw beyond Peter's performance and his life. And he said, Peter, today you will be a fisher of men. Follow follow me and you will be a fisher of men. And Peter was accepted you know, where Peter was not known to be the holiest guy around. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's like Jesus encountered him with his world, fishing. You know, so I like to get into their world and relate some story to something about themselves. Mm-hmm. So the Zacchaeus story is all about identity issues, about who he is, and um, the fishing story is just, I mean, I think it's Peter at it his best. But I say the story sparks a conversation. Um that is one of my favorite things about it. Like I will really surprise people like, Oh my goodness. I can only tell you so many time, different times. I've just started a conversation, you know, with a story. But one time in particular, um, I used a story of blind Bartimaeus, which I love. And I was at a restaurant and um, there was a young guy and he was, our, he was waiting on me and he, he just we didn't have any customers, and the name of it was um, Sweet Mamas. I said, well, I guess you're Sweet Papa, but I know you don't have any customers today, so how would you like to hear a story? He said, okay. I said, well, just sit right down here. Nobody's here. So we sat down, and I said, well, listen, one day there was this guy, and he was blind from birth, and he was in sitting down at the town gate, and Jesus and all his followers and many people, crowds of who are following him, because he did all these miracles. They're walking by the gate. And and then all of a sudden, blind Bartimaeus hears them and he starts, he finds out it's Jesus, and he starts yelling, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he and everybody says, Be quiet, be quiet. And he starts shouting louder. And Jesus stops right where he is and he says, Bring him to me. So he brings him to him. And he jumps to his feet and they, you know, they help him up. And uh, he comes in. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, teacher, I want to see. And Jesus says, go your sight. I mean, your faith has healed you. And immediately he could see. And he followed Jesus on the way. And I told it to this guy. And I said, I said, um, his name was Malik. I said, Malik, What would you do if Jesus asked you today, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? Mm. And he got real serious for a moment. And he said, well, I need help. He said, you know, I was on drugs and I got off it, but I fell back into it now. And I'm really, I'm really a mess. I said, well, you know what? It's no accident that I, told you that story, because you see, Bartimaeus didn't do anything. Jesus saw his need, and Jesus sees your need. And I don't think it's by accident that I'm here. I said, you know, I struggled with alcohol, making compromises, and then I got a serious addiction of an eating disorder. And I know what it's like to be stuck, and you keep trying and saying, I'm not going to do this again. I had that same experience. I said, but God can help you again. And if you really ask Jesus to, to forgive you and cleanse you and and come into your heart, I mean, He will, and He will set you free if you believe Him. And He prayed to receive Christ with me that day. And it was really, it was really amazing. So I think that starting a conversation, sometime you find something out. And you can tell them a little story. And those are kind of simple stories. And you don't always have to cover every little detail. Mm -hmm. I say the key is you don't add things to a story. Mm. It's to simplify it. So in other words, you don't put every little thing. You don't have to be like you're reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. You're taking it. It's like if someone tells you a good joke, you're going to tell the joke. You know, you might Mm -hmm. tell it your own way a little bit because you don't remember every little word they said. But Mm -hmm. you got the drift. Right. And that's what it is. So you're, you're making it relational. But I think that's where you also saw another fact, and that is S is it sparks a conversation. You're just saying, hey, can I tell you a story? I mean, you could even do that with your kids, you know, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. not sure where they're at, and just start and say, hey, what do you guys think of this? Let's talk about this story, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the next part, what it does is it's a T. It's a testimony bridge, because did you see how I kind of related to make it personal? So you're not talking at them Mm -hmm. and preaching to them. Usually you put yourself in the situation of saying, well, I can relate. I felt some insecurity too. Maybe my situation wasn't exactly like yours, but there's something you're identifying. So that helps them to feel like you're, you're engaging versus Mm -hmm. preaching at them. Mm -hmm. And I think this generation Likes to be able to dialogue. They want to discover. They don't want to be told. Mm-hmm. So some of the old styles of um, evangelism, you know, you have to really put in that relational piece mm-hmm. so they can relate. And I always say, then a story opens the hearts, you know, that might not be open because suddenly they see a real encounter that Jesus engaged everyday, ordinary people with the same issues, insecurity, addiction, fear, you know, these things. And so they their heart gets open so that they will want to consider, what could Jesus do for me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I even tell them, you know, like some of them will say, oh, I'm not religious. You know what I mean? I say, mm-hmm. oh, neither am I. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> because that's immediately what they'll say. I'm mm-hmm. not religious. I'm not interested. I said I'm not either. I'm not talking religion. <laughs> you know, I'm talking. I'm talking life. You know, mm-hmm. and and everybody has something that they're you know. So it's kind of fun to joke around. I call. We used to call it float and sting. You got to be <laughs> kind of lighthearted about it. <laughs> Seriously. I love that. <laughs> you kind of joke around, you're having a good time, and say, well, well, what about you? What are you thinking about this? What What's an issue in your life that you're, you know, you just get, you kind of go from, and it's more relational then, and they don't feel put on the spot because it's a conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where um, if you know somebody in particular and you know a felt need, um, for example, there was a young guy that worked in my apartment complex a number of years back and one day he called me up and he said Nancy you lost your checkbook I said what do you mean I said I don't I didn't lose my checkbook I said let me go check and I, I said I got my checkbook he said no no this is yours I said what do you mean he said well it's got all the Bible verses on it. It was, it was a checkbook, like carrier case. And I put my Bible verses in there. I used to go, I used to walk and kind of memorize the scriptures. <laughs> I left it at the swimming pool and he found it. He says, I know it's yours. I said, <laughs> I laughed so hard. I said, oh yeah, that's the best checkbook ever, Jake. Have you ever tried it? He goes, well, you know what, Nancy, if you're available, I want to talk to you right now. Could, could you come down and see me at the office? because I really I need somebody to talk to right now. Mm-hmm. I said, Okay. So I went down there. And Mel he opened up with me, told me that he was struggling with his gay identity. Mm-hmm. And he was an alcoholic. And his father did not know anything about it. And he was just feeling so horrible about his life. Mm-hmm. And I, I told him the story. I said, Jake, I understand. I really do because I had a secret addiction and I felt very much shame. And I felt like I I didn't want anybody to know. I said, I felt powerless to get over it. I tried. I said, so I, I heard this one story once that really helped me because, you know, sometimes we are addiction is very strong. And I told him the story, I won't repeat it all, but it's, it's, um, it's called The Demon Possessed Man. Mm-hmm. And that man, it, ever since I learned that story, it touched me so much because I know when I was really having that addiction, I, when I would make myself sick, I sometimes would even, I never cut myself like some teenagers do, but I was great. My, yeah, I would just hate myself that I would do it. And I couldn't get over it. It was very huge. And I said, Jake, I told him a little bit about that. And I said, I understand. I said, but I want to tell you that Jesus has come to set you free. He says it was for freedom that Christ has come. He came to set the captives free. I said, he is the one that can deliver you. But you have to open up your heart to receive his, his forgiveness and, and his grace. And that's what the gospel is. It's good news. Um, he came for the the worst. I mean, mm-hmm. We all have those needs. So I said, I share with him about how we could know God. But I said, I know you're on this journey. I said, how about this? I got a guy I'd like you to meet. And he's at my church. Would you by any chance be willing to meet me tomorrow? And he came to church with me. And the guy I wanted him to meet, I wanted to meet another guy that Mm -hmm. had struggled with some things like being gay. Mm -hmm. And and Jake received Jesus at church. But, you know, that's where I think when we become like we don't want to put ourselves out like we have found something that you have to have more like we can relate with where you're coming Mm. from and you build the bridge that way. So I think that's where it gives you the entry when they just but if you if you think, oh, I want to. And sometimes people make, you know, sharing the gospel more like I'm selling something. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that. It's really loving people to Jesus. Mm. So I think the last part is, so sparks a conversation. It's a testimony bridge. It opens hearts that might not normally be open. And then it relates to felt needs. So you know, now I have, um, how do I say it? Maybe a, a a group of stories that I'm familiar with telling, but maybe that's a whole new thing. But you might begin by thinking of what your best story is. You have a story. The story that I have used the most with young women that I talk to, and even in speaking sometimes to do my testimony, is the woman at the well. Because I wasn't, don't worry, I didn't have five husbands, I don't even have one. (laughs) I always start out with that. And when I tell them a story, I laugh. But the truth is, that woman was searching. She wanted something to satisfy and on the outside, I looked like I had it together. Nobody knew that eating disorder was secret for a long time. I was voted the friendliest girl in my school. I was a candidate to be the queen of the school. I was, um, pop, you know, I don't say this, it's just the way it was. I could, everything looked good on the outside, but I would go home and I would step down my emotions with food and then I would make myself sick. So that, I mean, I'm not gory details, but that's a testimony that I have. And I had to, it took me a long time. In fact, Mel's been a great blessing to help me unravel because some of those roots of our identity and our the coping mechanisms that we find are there. So think about your life and think about too, your kids are growing. It's hard for them because it's a difficult generation to stand up, but I believe God wants them to be strong in who they are first and out of that, they will have their own story and they can really relate to people with the gospel. And I remember when Caleb went with me to Africa, you know, we teach them all how to tell their story and that's a big thing. So think about your story. You know, what, what was the biggest need that you had that led you to, to know that you needed Jesus? And I would say even with your kids, begin to be open about about your story, how Jesus became real to you, rather than just assuming that they don't know that. They don't know that you were that you struggled like they do. They might just see you as a perfect mom. I don't know if anybody feels like that out there. <laughs> Probably, not. Probably <laughs> on your, not. On your best day. <laughs> yeah. But those are just a few things about story. And then I would say. Um, where to begin. Um, maybe just pick a few sh- simple stories. Like I named a couple, couple of very fun ones that are, you know, the paralytic story is, um, is simple and it's good because I love the phrase, if Jesus asked you what you want me to do for you, what mm-hmm. would you say? It just gets them to kind of look. And sometimes they'll go superficial, like I want a million dollars. I said, good luck. <laughs> I said I haven't seen Jesus causing too many people to win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I, I don't see him dropping money from heaven. But he cares about your need. So mm-hmm. if your need is to maybe get a job to make money, or you know, I try to so mm-hmm. I joke, but you know, you can kinda they're gonna sometimes play with you a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's all part of it, you know. Um, and then you would want to learn a few stories. Like mine, the woman at the well. Obviously, that's a long story, but I take the essence of it, you know, mm-hmm. of that story, and I tell it, mm-hmm. and about how she was, you know, and Jesus says, if you drink the water that I give you, you will never be thirsty again, and she said, where can I get this water, you know, so it's a great story, you know, mm-hmm. for women, because you can really relate it to whatever your issue was as you relate, but even teenage girls relate to that, and mm-hmm. um, and then there's another one that I love, which I, I don't have time to tell, but it's the woman, the bleeding woman. Mm-hmm. And that was, he or she had a problem that she was an outcast, you know, for, for 12 years, she had struggled with this. And, and she just got up her courage and she pushed through the, you know, that one is very powerful. But even for teenagers, I would say the the Zacchaeus is really good because you can use the identity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, paralytic is good. Um, I do, when I've been speaking in Africa a lot, I've been using the demon-possessed man and and many things, I tie that together because many of them feel there are a lot of secret addictions out Mm -hmm. there, Mm -hmm. very many, even within our own, you know, world here, there's very many that struggle secretly. So, and and to think about how that man was just changed, Mm -hmm. you know, when he met Jesus. Yes. Um, but and then I think, you know, try to really live it out before them because I think they need to see that you're real as a mother. That you always want to. You don't tell them everything, you know. You don't need, you know, forget. <laughs> right. it. You don't want to tell, and you don't want some things better left unsaid about your right. past. Right. I want to give them a license to say, well, you did it. <laughs> or what, it, it I know I'm not a mother, so I. but I, I watched my wonderful sister-in-law, Mel. She does a great job. Great job. She practices what she preaches. all you women who are listening. Her kids love her and they all respect. And I really appreciate how she and Mark do, you know, evoke that. They give them the freedom, but they also expect them to measure up to, you know, certain standards in their home and they, without over-controlling but this evangelism is something you can model and i don't know how successful i've been with the kids because they see me a lot but sometimes i think (laughs) they think oh that's just nancy but what i try to teach when i teach evangelism i try to teach it so they can understand it's the principle Mm -hmm. you aren't you don't have the style i have but you have your own personality and, and God will embody that. You have your own story. God will use that. Each encounter in the Bible is unique. So that's why, you know, you kind of, you, when you get familiar with maybe picking out one or two stories, and then, of course, the fisherman story, you know, is just always a fun one because <laughs> I live in Florida. <laughs> yes, yes. And nobody catches fish. You're always, how are you catch anything? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's a good one, then. Yes. Nancy,
0: then what does the Y stand for in story? Oh, Y is you have
1: a story. Okay. So it's a story as sparks a conversation. Hey, I got a great story for you. Would you like to hear it? And you don't tell them right away, this is from the Bible. You just launch into the story, you know, mm-hmm. and just make it natural. And then they'll see that Jesus is the star of the story, you know. <laughs> and then the testimony bridge... So if it's a story then that you're, like, you don't just preach at them. Like, I don't sit there and go, oh, let me tell you my story and go on and on and on. I use parts of my story. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're like kind of to identify what you're doing. And so a testimony bridge, and then it will open hearts to consider Jesus. For example, I was in the country of Ethiopia, and there was, I would go out every morning to jog, and there was a little Muslim boy about 12 years old, and I kid you not, he would always watch me um, running. And I would say, well, what about you? You wanna run with me? And he started following me around the track, but he couldn't go a whole lot because his little baby brother was there who was named Mohammed. Well, he he was just the cutest guy. And I ended up, his name was Jonas. And I said, Jonas, listen, I wanna tell you a story. Because, you know, he was, I was was during Ramadan, and he was actually, as a 12-year-old boy, fasting. Mm. And I yeah. told him the story of Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. And I said, that is how Jesus, your prophet, he's personal, and he loves you. And he knows you, Jonas, by name, Jonas. And I said, listen, I have something I want to give you. I have a movie which tells the whole story of your Prophet Jesus, and it's in Arabic. Would you like me to give it to you? He said, yes. I went home, he followed me home, because it, it was in a little neighborhood. I was staying with some of my, my Ethiopian friends right in this Muslim neighborhood. And I gave him the film, he took it home. The next morning, the doorbell rang in the morning early. And he said, he was standing there with the film with another wizard friends. He said, Nancy, I watched this movie. He said, it's magical. Oh, that's when he, he used that word. It's magical. I said, Jonas. And he said, I showed it to my friend. We love it. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Did you pray and open up your heart to Jesus? He said, yes. Oh. It was, you know, it was just, Jesus is very amazing. And I think he gets lost in religion sometime. But when that's the story, it kind of just peels off the layers and says, look at who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. How can you not want to know this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. He was pretty radical, and everywhere he went, things happened. <laughs> <laughs> True. Not, not boring, you know? <laughs> you never Right. Knew. So that's just a few thoughts. What do, What would you, anything to add, Mel? Oh, my. I mean, that
0: is just so, it's so helpful. But let's let's say what the R is, again, in the okay. story. So
1: the story R is sparks a conversation. Three. R is it relates to a felt need. Yes. In other words, if somebody has an addiction, if somebody... Mm-hmm feels insecure. And then it is, it opens hearts to consider Jesus. For example, a Muslim person wouldn't maybe normally are an atheist. You know, right. I have a great line when somebody says, well, I don't believe in God. I, my, my, my Indian tennis partner said that today. I don't, Nancy, I don't believe in him anyway. I said, well, no problem because he believes in you. And I'd like to tell you about him. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I, that's one of those yeah I gotta let it go for right now mm-hmm. because he's not he's saying to me I'm not interested mm-hmm. so I'm respecting him I said don't worry and I said and by the way I'm praying for you he said don't bother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said well I love you and so does he and I left it at that uh-huh. but you know so I think it's, it is powerful because it opens hearts that wouldn't be normally open and then it relates to a felt need Mm -hmm. But you think about, you know, what would be a need and what story might be relating to that. And then you have a story. You have a story. So try to think about this. I teach young people how to write, write their own story. I do it. I say it's basically three parts. It's before you really met Jesus. Like what? Be honest. Like what are some issues? Maybe what were you feeling like? Were you feeling alone? Were you feeling insecure? Were you feeling... I mean, it takes a little vulnerability to say, you know, or maybe everything was going great. Like I'll start out. Yeah, I was the life of the party. Everything looked great. You know, and I had, you know, I even won the six pack at the miniscope party, you know, but I went home and I cried myself to sleep because I didn't know who I was and I knew I was compromised, you know, so I'll kind of start out that way. But also you can have different parts of your story that you might tell with different types of people. So I think get familiar with how was your life before you really maybe you didn't just receive Christ but maybe mm-hmm. Christ became really personal to you because mm-hmm. some of you have already probably received Christ as a child mm-hmm. but in a way you're you're re-engaging with the Lord mm-hmm. like a lot of people like that that they're you know they, they knew him but they didn't really have that intimate you know, relationship Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. So think about that. And then what was it that caused you to receive Christ? You know, how did that happen? And just briefly, you know, share that. Mm -hmm. And then what would be the positive change that came? You know, like like for example, I'll say, well, you know, we're all on the journey and we're always going to be on the journey of becoming you know, more fully um, who God wants us to be. And I said, but the Lord has shown me the roots of some of my issues. So I can trust God as I move forward in my life that I don't have that addiction anymore. I may still have to understand more things about my identity and not being so performance driven. I said, believe me, I know that. But that sometimes is a lifetime process of being made more like Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think as you share your testimony, it's short, you're just writing a few. I usually get the kids to actually think about it and write it out, and then just take a yellow highlighter and go. Oh, this is a great example to mm-hmm. I can use. And that's so it, sometimes you just have a one-minute little testimony, or sometimes you can have a more in-depth. Hmm. Mm. Well, Nancy, I just think that's excellent,
0: and I have um, a lesson. It's it's for. Uh, younger students for sure elementary students that is on storytelling and how to go about telling a good story that I actually think would be helpful for older kids too that I can make available for free to people listening. And I think it will do it will go along with it
1: uh, well. Um, so And Mel, yeah. I just thought of something if they want to order my new book, it's all examples of using story. So that's is- called, it's called, he knows you by name. Um, God invites you into his eternal love story. I so, love it. So that one you can get on deeper revelation If you okay. want to order it. Okay. Like I will put one. a link to that in the show notes for this episode. That is great. and And I would say to any of you that you have a church or you've got um, a group. I I usually, you know, I do the Story Wave training hand face to face, you know, with a lot of different groups. So, but I know with COVID, it's not so it's not so relevant right now. But in the future, if I could ever be a resource, I would love to. Uh,
0: well, she is a wonderful resource, Nancy. This was fantastic. I wish I had video of you in action. <laughs> really. <laughs> Really, we should get get you on video just being yourself and doing relationship evangelism using story because uh, you are truly a master at it and i'm just I'm so blessed
1: to know you <laughs> oh Mel and I feel and Mel you're a master at what you do I mean I'm amazed we we mutual Admiration for Mel. Right, but really, right. she's helped me. She's even been a great counselor for me. So, if you have any issues, well, I <laughs> no, <you> know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no, no, no. no.
0: Uh, well, thank you, Nancy, for uh, taking time away from sharing your faith with oh. other people to talk to us about how we can teach our kids to share their faith. So, oh, thank
1: you. Thank you, Mel. I love you, friend and sister in love. Okay, bye bye. To find links to Nancy's website and book,
0: visit the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com slash sharefaith. Join me next time as I discuss how to turn COVID schooling into true homeschooling. It will be perfect for friends who have been homeschooling from necessity. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.